And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He is Eric Harley. And we are Red Eye Radio. (laughs) True. Hi. Welcome. Well, in the news, Title 42 ends today, which means the border's going to be out of control. I mean, it's to the mm-hmm. point, even NBC uh, bringing up yesterday in a report, and uh, you actually had the one of the anchors at MSNBC ask former Obama uh, Department of Homeland Security Chief Jay Johnson about what NBC found out the administration is going to do, which is just let people into the country uh, without a court date or uh, a way to contact people coming into the country, which, I mean, you made a great point. I mean, there's a there's a ton of legal points. Then they're technically illegal immigrants, are they not? Because the, well, only, the only reason you're not... If if you come, unless you can say, okay, you you come in and you say, okay, I'm going to, uh, you don't have a you don't have a contact with them, you you don't have a court date, they're claiming asylum. How do you ever prove the asylum charge? Are you actually yeah. giving them permanent? I got some feedback on that, saying uh, migrants or immigrants versus illegal immigrants. To be clear, the process up until now under the Biden administration is to process them where where they are detained and let them go in that same area. They let them go. Once they let them go, they are here and they have been processed. They are here legally. Right. What changes now, if they're not going to be given a court date, my question would be, are they going to be given a deadline? Because I don't know, yeah. that would that would basically say that you can't stay here longer than whatever, 90 days, six months, whatever it is. And then if they don't abide by that, because otherwise the administration is responsible for releasing them here 
and that they would be here illegally. I mean, there has to be some type of stipulation, even if there's not a court date. Is it going to say, I don't know, call this number to set up a court date? Call this number to right. find a court date at this point? Or I don't know the details of this this new process. Yeah, because how, how do you judge them legal? Uh, yeah, We've been very clear on that, by the way, whenever we have said migrants. And mm-hmm. at times uh, we have said migrants and illegal immigrants, for example, when the claim was that everybody was coming to New York City, whether they were in the country legally or not. But we right. made that clear. Right. And from the very, very beginning, we said, look, you, we're using the term migrant and not illegal immigrants because technically when they come in and get a court date, they are legally in this country until they miss a court date and the judge states that, you know, right. you need to be deported from this country. Then at that point, you're illegally in this country. And, and by but, the way, that's not splitting hairs and that's also not behaving like the liberal media. I did get that feedback recently. And the reason is, is because Biden is the one doing this. This is him changing the policy of how they're going to be detained and whether they're going to be deported if we're going to enforce the border and everything else. So they're here legally, and it's important that everybody know that, that that's how far the Biden administration has gone. Right. Now, they're not enforcing the law, and we believe they, you know, they're not enforcing the law. And you can make the case, if you wish to say, they are morally not legal in this country. According to the law right. on the if, books, they are not here right. legally. But we're talking about how it's enforced right now, how law enforcement views it in the United States, how Federal Border Patrol views it, and at that point... They are legally in the country. And we've explained this many times. That's why, you know, they've said migrant. And when you've heard it, because a few times we've said migrant and illegal immigrants are heading here. Mm-hmm. And when people say, well, why are you separating the two? And then we explain why. There's illegal immigrants that have come in and have not been processed. And then there are the migrants. And they're viewed as migrants legally in this country until they miss a court date. And the judge says you need to be deported from the country. And then that 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 point you're uh you're legal right unless something happened to eric and he overnight became a liberal and someone who was advocating chaos and mass illegal immigration and open borders but i do want to remind our audience coming up at the bottom of the hour we will talk about all the great accomplishments of the biden administration the booming economy, what's going on, and and the fact that inflation doesn't exist. Now the audience is shouting at the radio, he's smoking weed! Or you're a moderate Republican. (laughs) Excuse me. Hey. No, I'm sorry. No, no, you're a a Romney Republican. I was going (laughs) to say, they're shouting at the radio or asking someone, is, is Mitt Romney appearing on Red Eye Radio? Yeah, no, this is, um, you know, this is where we are. It, in, uh, this is interesting that you mentioned that because I I wasn't going to mention this, but it was actually humorous. I couldn't understand. Remember, I read you the email. Somebody sent me. I said, Eric, I don't even know what they're talking about. But the guy called us rhinos. But you couldn't figure out what he was saying. Yeah. And I went, well, technically, I am a rhino. Mm-hmm. I technically am because I'm much more libertarian and conservative than the Republican Party is right now. Yeah. I, and then I said, well, I'm not even a Republican in name. I never claimed to be a Republican. <laughs> okay. 
I'm not even a rhino. <laughs> nope. I'm a conservative. Yes. I'm not a Republican. And, you know, this is, but, you know, the, the whole thing, I don't know. Uh, everybody wants to claim and uh, something and, and fly their own flag. The fact of the matter is, is we're going to keep doing what we've been doing, and that is um, shredding the ideas and policies by this administration as they come in and attempt to shred the Constitution and and uh, allow things to happen that endanger the American people. No, I did get, a, I've had, I do get almost all Republican texts. Oh, the party? Yeah. And the reason is because I, I, mm-hmm. I, I vote in the Republican primary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, so yeah. that's why you. Yeah. But I'm not registered, and I, I wouldn't yeah. register with a party. We don't register in our state, but I do vote in the Republican primary. Yeah. I want the right candidates. But here we go with the whole border, the whole uh, Title 42 today. I want to play this just to show you how much things have changed. And let me just read you the transcript first because it's a little loud because this is the president. Remember, the president takes shouted questions. Mm-hmm. So this is a shouted question mm-hmm. with jet engines in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, the question, can you expand on what you meant when you said there's going to be chaos at the border? Because this has changed in the last week. Even Mayorkas is saying, oh, we're going to have a lot of problems here. Uh, But can you expand what you meant when you said there's going to be chaos at the border? Biden, say that again. Question, can you expand on what you meant when you said there'd be chaos at the border? Biden, we've had chaos at the border for a number of years. Has that been the talking points of a couple of, a number of years? So that's two or more. Has that been the talking points from the administration? That it's been chaos at the borders, the border for a number of years. The border is secure, is what we were told. Exactly. Here we go, though. Here it is. Can you expand on what you meant when you said there's going to be chaos at the border? Say that again. Can you expand on what you meant when you said there will be chaos at the border? For how long? Well, we've had chaos at the border for a number of years. <laughs> really? We did That's a new one. While wow, we're changing our, our tune now, huh? Yeah. Uh, somebody get him some self-awareness. <laughs> I think his self-awareness tank ran, ran dry. A long time ago. You know, I, I did hear that the other day. He didn't say it properly, but they try to use the, all the Republicans never did anything about the border and blah, blah. They try and be blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, but he's president now. Oh, I did get one message earlier. Someone said, uh, all politicians want open borders. No, they don't. No. I don't know where that came from. No. It's like I don't. No, that's false. Even, it's like what do you what are you paying that attention to? That isn't that is not true. Now, uh, during the Trump years, and we go back to the uh, the day that Jim Acosta was thrown out of the media room. That exchange between them wasn't shown by the liberal media. We played it, leading up to him being thrown out, and Trump said. We want people to come here legally. We're creating a lot of jobs, and we need them as the economy grows. 
That's not a belief in open borders, though. No, it isn't. It's the it was the belief that you need to change the visa laws, whatever it was at the time. By the way, that is gone. I don't know anybody right now that is promoting, uh, you know, that we ramp up the the work visas or do anything like that. That's right now the the sentiment by the American public is we don't want more legal immigration, let alone illegal mm-hmm. immigration. Oh, there's a great back and forth I have coming up from Senator Kennedy to someone. Oh, to one of the Biden officials. I got to mm. play. It was yesterday, too. I got to play. You just remind me. Mm. I got to play it. Yeah. That's coming up. 86690 Red Eye. Innovation. What efforts like the Agriculture Innovation Mission for Climate Summit will rely on to address global climate impacts and food insecurity. And at the recent aim for Climate Summit, a panel of women in science and innovation discussed how their efforts will play a role in solving those issues. Among the panelists, USDA Chief Scientist Chavanda Jacobs-Young, sharing what is needed to meet climate and food security challenges from a scientific perspective. We have to be prepared. We can't start tomorrow preparing for tomorrow. Push the envelope. There is opportunity to take more risk in agriculture. We need to train the next generation of professionals. And we need social scientists. We need communicators. She adds women in science and STEM-based career paths also need to express their interest in leadership positions and use opportunities as learning experiences to further advance and provide expertise, whether in problem-solving, or mentoring roles. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Hunter Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I want to, I want to play this uh, audio from uh, Senator John Kennedy uh, 
discussing the fentanyl problem and the border with uh, a DEA uh, administrator yesterday. This is uh, Ann Milgram, and this is again where she won't answer the question. Here we go. Thank you, Madam Chair. Madam Administrator, um, the two cartels that are sending fentanyl into the United States are located in Mexico, aren't they? Yes, sir. And isn't it a fact that we could stop those cartels in their tracks if President Lopez Obrador would invite American military and or law enforcement personnel to come into Mexico and work with his military and law enforcement personnel? Senator, what I would say from my purview as the head of the DEA... It, but is my, is my statement true or not? What I would say is that we're focused on the two cartels, um, who we believe are doing exactly what you say. They are responsible for the fentanyl coming. Let me ask you again. If, if President Lopez Obrador invited the American military and or American law enforcement officials to come into Mexico to work with the same in Mexico, we could stop the cartels, could we not? Senator, I believe this is a, this is a whole-of-government effort and has to be, including whether it's the military, us, FBI, now, Madam, and Madam Administrator, I've listened listen to you here for almost an hour telling us how bad fentanyl is. Thank you for that, but we know. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you a third time. If President Lopez Obrador invited American, the American military and our law enforcement personnel to come into Mexico and work with the same in Mexico, we could stop the cartels. Isn't that a fact? So, Senator, I can speak to the law enforcement side of this, um, and you just mentioned law enforcement. Uh, I believe that this is vital for both Mexico and the United States. Mexicans are, are dying as well, as we, as we showed in the Chapito. Well, then why don't we stop them? So we would are, it help, let me ask you a fourth time, would it help if President Lopez Obrador, I don't think it's a complicated question, Madam Administrator, you're asking us for more money every year, more money, and it gets worse, worse, and worse. You, you know, in, in the real world, the nitty-gritty of the real world, when you fail, you get fired. In government, when you fail, you get more money because obviously you need it. Now, let me ask you a fourth time. If President Lopez Obrador, and I'd appreciate an answer, if President Lopez Obrador invited the American military and our law enforcement personnel to come into Mexico and work with his, we could stop the cartels, couldn't we? I believe, Senator, that we can stop the cartels. Okay. Have you made that suggestion to President Biden? If I could, I believe that we can stop the cartels. by. Have you made that suggestion to President Biden? Senator, I have been very vocal in the whole of government setting on the importance of fentanyl and all of us using every single effort and authority that we Why have. Why hasn't President Biden done it? I mean, th this is the way the American people whose sons and daughters are dying look at it. Our economy is $23 trillion. Mexico's economy is $1.3 trillion. Ours is 18 times bigger. We buy $400 billion every year from Mexico. Without the people of America, Mexico, figuratively speaking, would be eating cat food out of a can and living in a tent behind an outback.
So why don't you and the president, embarrassing no one, get on the phone and call President Lopez Obrador and make him a deal he can't refuse to allow our military and our law enforcement officials to go into Mexico and work with his to stop the cartels. Why don't you do that? Senator, what I am doing every single day is working with the incredible men and women of DEA who are risking their lives across 334 offices worldwide. And I appreciate that, but you're not, do, you're not doing what would work. Why won't you do what will work? Senator, we are... Why don't you call the president this afternoon and say, Mr. President, let's call, let's call President Lopez Obrador privately and make him a deal he can't refuse. Because we both know that President Lopez Obrador has neither the, the, the ability nor the will to stop the cartels. But yet we go along and pretend that they're our friends. And Mexico is our friend. But he has criminal organizations that are killing our people. And you know how to stop it. Uh, I, I think the when you think about this, because when I saw this, I went, you know, Mayorkas, how many times? Well, what we're doing is we're working with that. But none of it's working. <laughs> no, it's not. And then finally, when he said that, I went, oh, yeah, that's it. You keep saying we're working so hard with the men and women who sacrifice. I don't care. Make it work. Just don't tell me you're trying. We have the ability to make it work. We have the ability to close the border. We have the the ability with the cooperation of Mexico to seriously damage the cartels. Why don't we do it? It's a legitimate question. We've got the ability. Yep. We don't have the will. It's almost like it's busy work. Yeah, it is. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and uh, good morning. Did I say earlier, welcome to Friday? For some reason, I think it's Friday in my mind. I can't remember if I said that. Listen, before. we can make it Friday if we all just work together. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that means. <laughs> Fell into Kareem Jean-Pierre wow, that, for just a second. You did. You really did. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me <laughs> wow. at the podium walking up with my book of answers. I'm not going to even use the book. I'm just going to make it up as I go along. Good morning. Uh, by the way, I can't believe it's Friday. Um, Mr. Harley, it's not Friday. That's why I can't believe it. <laughs> But it can be Friday if we all work together. <laughs> what? What did he just say? Is he smoking weed? Yeah, I uh, all week long I've thought Monday morning. I was thinking Thursday, and I have no idea why. <laughs> it's been the longest week because I've been stuck in Thursday all week long. And guess what? 
today doesn't feel like Thursday so much. <laughs> All right, now that we've got that settled, uh, President Biden's White House Deputy Press Secretary, Andrew Bates, has been implicated in an effort to discredit Hunter Biden's laptop mm. as Russian disinformation during the 2020 presidential election, according to emails published by the House Oversight uh, Committee Republicans. According to the House Oversight Committee Republicans report on Wednesday, former CIA uh, uh, senior advisor Nick Shapiro drafted a media pitch for the now discredited letter signed by 51 former intelligence officials and tried to paint the laptop at the center of the New York Post bombshell story as a Russian operation in October of 2020. Quote, giving this to you exclusively first if you guys want to run with it, end of quote, Shapiro wrote uh, in his pitch to the media outlets, according to the email on October 19th, 2020. You can also use this on the record from me, Nick Shapiro, describing what this is, a large group of Former career intelligence officers, many specializing in Russia, joined a group of former intelligence community leaders. All are saying that they believe the Russians were somehow involved here. Uh, and then uh, goes on and on. According to the GOP's report, Shapiro shopped the letter to the Associated Press, the Washington Post, and Politico. Uh, he then... Uh, forwarded the letter uh, to uh, uh, to the Biden campaign, adding, this is what I gave them. Politico ended up publishing the letter the next day, two weeks before the election. Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officials say Bates tweeted, then sharing Politico's story. Hmm. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. We've been here before, haven't we? I think so. We have been here before. So you, uh, (laughs) what did the, what did Mike Morrell, what did he say that uh, about, uh, you know, when he got the call from, uh, from Blinken, not instigated it, uh, not inspired it. I was going to, I almost said inspired. What's the word that. He used the, I can't think of the word that he used at that moment, but, you know, the idea came from the Biden administration. So then they do it. <laughs> and then you find out. Orchestrated? Not orchestrated, no. Uh, and and then you, uh, uh, then you get the, uh, you know, you, you get this out there where Mike Morrell uh, starts doing this. Then there's communication with the campaign and then the campaign starts <laughs> going to different news media outlets and saying, look, 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 you know, you should cover this. You should cover it. They shop the letter to do it. And then when the media writes it, the campaign comes back and goes, look, look what Politico wrote. This is Russian disinformation, according to these news outlets, when they're the ones that actually fed them the story. Mm-hmm. The other thing is when we look at what... Uh, happened yesterday with the FBI not giving the document uh, to uh, the House Oversight uh, Committee. The document that the whistleblower claims shows that uh, President Biden, according to Comer and according to the whistleblower, this shows the precise details of the money payoff to Biden and the quid pro quo 
the pay-for-play, the bribery, and the policy decision than of the U.S. government after this money was exchanged. Well, the FBI said they're not going to give it uh, uh, to the uh, Republicans. Well, the House actually, excuse me, not the House, but the Senate actually had uh, Christopher Wray in there. And uh, you had Senator Hagerty of, of Tennessee start questioning him, saying, well, if these things happen, and the Department of Justice, if it's a crime that's that's happening, if the Department of Justice won't prosecute a sitting president, and they won't bring this up, and this is going on, or this criminal activity happened, and you won't share it to Congress, how do we ever find out? Where's the transparency? And it's a great point. Let's go through the back-and-forth questioning, which gets, he's a mellow guy, Haggerty is, but you can tell he is getting frustrated. Here we go. My first question is whether you or anybody else at the FBI has communicated with White House employees or with Attorney General Garland or with DOJ staff regarding investigations that pertain to President Biden or to any member of his family. Well, I, I certainly have not communicated with the White House uh, about any investigation on that subject. Um, my instructions to our... And, and would that also include Attorney General Garland and the DOJ staff? Well, I, I don't know that I can get into any discussions I had with Attorney General Garland. I talked to him, you know, uh, probably every day, uh, one way or another, about all sorts of investigations, so that one's a little trickier. But... Uh, what I will tell you is, uh, as you know, I'm an FBI director appointed by the, the previous president, uh, and our uh, agents in our Baltimore field office uh, are working with a, a U.S. attorney from the previous administration, that is the U.S. attorney in Delaware, mm -hmm. uh, on, I think, the investigation you're referring to. And my expectations uh, of our agents on every investigation, which I communicate uh, like a broken record, uh, are that we are to follow the facts wherever they lead, to whomever they lead, no matter who likes it, no matter so who would it that happy Delaware, unhappy. So would that Delaware U.S. attorney be the person then responsible for deciding um, about unlawful ev uh, evidence of unlawful conduct by the president and about what to do with that evidence? Well, again, I don't want to uh, engage in hypotheticals, but the Delaware U.S. attorney is leading, I think, the investigation that, you're, that has been publicly disclosed mm -hmm. that you're, I think, referring to. Let me just come back to what I'm trying to understand then. If the FBI has in evidence, has uncovered evidence, that alleges criminal conduct by the president. I'm sorry. Sorry. And you then, I presume, hand this to the DOJ if you uncover this. But I understand the DOJ's policy is they're not going to charge a sitting president while that person is president. And the DOJ is not going to provide that information to Congress, not going to comply with subpoenas for documents, um, it, it feels to me like it's a dog chasing its tail. And the question is, if illegal conduct is alleged or uncovered, how does the Congress or the American public ever get that evidence? Well, I, the um, decisions made by DOJ uh, about uh, how to staff prosecutions, which U.S. attorney's offices, which counsel to appoint, all those sorts of things are uh, entrusted by regulation to the department, mm -hmm. to the attorney general. I can speak to what 
the FBI's role is and my expectations of FBI agents, um, and those are the ones I've communicated. But to be clear, if evidence were uncovered by the FBI, you would hand that over to the DOJ. They then make the determination, whether it's the Attorney General or, the, in this case, the Delaware U.S. Attorney, what to do with that evidence. And again, their policy is not to charge a sitting president, and we can't get the evidence in Congress. Is that correct? Decisions about who to charge, what to charge, uh, those are decisions made by prosecutors at the Justice Department, uh, including the U.S. Attorney in Delaware, um, and decisions about the Justice Department's communications about its decision-making are the Justice Department's decisions. I don't want to speak for them on we're, that. We're, we're right back at where we started without being able to clarify how we have an impartial investigation here, and I appreciate the opportunity to get some oversight. It's just very frustrating when we can't. Thank you. There you go. And it's like, and by the way, uh, Mike Morrell, getting back to the Blinken thing, said Blinken was the impetus. Uh, that's what I was thinking of, mm. of the the actual uh, uh, the, the letter. He's mm-hmm. the one that got the whole ball rolling for that one. But getting back to this here, I mean, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. So there's a sitting president. You are a part of his administration. And so if there's a crime out there, then you get the evidence if there's enough evidence to prosecute on that crime, you're not going to prosecute a sitting president. That's the policy of the DOJ. But then nobody gets to know about that this exists, not even Congress, that has oversight over the FBI. And therefore, the public never finds out that a sitting president may have a a uh, criminal prosecution waiting for him afterwards because the Department of Justice won't share it with Congress. And he's making the point, that isn't right. Now, you may not be able to charge the president, or you may that may your, be your policy not to charge a sitting president. I don't know anywhere where that doesn't, the word says, and this is how I would have uh, asked the question, or question statement. I don't know anywhere that says that you can't share that information with Congress or the people of the United States Mm -hmm. that this is going on because that's the problem here with not. And and again, a court may say, well, look, uh, because the thing that's bogus to me is when, and it was, uh, it was Ray earlier. I didn't play the entire conversation back and forth. Ray earlier had talked about sources and methods. Well, if you're worried about sources and methods, because this is an international situation, yeah. Uh, well, then why isn't why isn't it classified? None of this makes sense. If you're worried about it, well, we can't share this with you because it might uh, it, it might uh, let out sources and methods. Well, why isn't it classified then? Everything right. else is classified. Right. Stuff that is ridiculous that shouldn't be classified is classified. It would seem that if you're trying to protect sources and methods, because someone in the intelligence agencies are the ones that figured out. Or they're the ones that have come to the conclu- uh, the conclusion, or they highly suspect that the president has taken a bribe. Well, then why isn't that classified? Well, that's the question: is that, uh, in and if you want to keep it, uh, you know, you want to play this close to the vest, then why not behind closed doors? Yeah, what keeps Congress? And I think this is where, again, the courts will decide. Well, no, they can take a look at it. Right. You, know, you can't say that Congress can't take Congress's oversight. Right. And, and, and so they're investigating this, 
They have a whistleblower. And mm-hmm. that's the difference here. It's not just, this isn't a fishing expedition from Congress. Well, because you could, it, it, using this justification, the fear is that you could shut down the entire whistleblower process then. The idea of the whistleblower. That's a great point. Is, I mean, in general, the whistleblower is to bring to light a wrongdoing where there aren't normally uh, public eyes. And there are things here that maybe aren't divulged, a source, whatever it might be. But I can see the FBI then, if they can do this, then why can't they just shut down the entire whistleblower process? Right, because this isn't about wrongdoing by the president necessarily. No, no. This is a whistleblower stating there's wrongdoing in the Department of Justice. Exactly. And that's the difference. And that's why I wonder if the whistleblower's attorney's might be looking at this saying, listen, they're not going by what the law says. The whistleblower laws apply here, and I guess we'll see what the next move is. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So today, Title 42 ends, and uh, the, you know, I we keep hearing the preparation on the border. There, they don't, there is, there is no huge increase of preparation on the border. Uh, as no. we, we know, the 1,500, that, you know, the funny thing is when Biden came out with that and nobody really accepted it as, a solution to anything. In no. fact, the left was angry at him because the imagery is the militar militarization of the the border. And from Republicans, it got well. They're not going to be doing anything. They're not going to be standing guard or catching any illegal immigrants crossing the border. They're simply to help expedite people getting into the United States. Yep. yep. It's gonna. What a mess this is going to be here. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.